1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Rocks Across the Pond. It is a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee, and joining me in Southampton, England, is our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, it has been a while since we've talked because I've had a series of family commitments. Has anything happened in the curling world since the last time we spoke?
0: Nothing. We're gonna give the coldest of cold takes today, man, which is <laughs> wow, well, everything we're talking about happened last weekend and everyone else has already given their takes. So these are the opposite of hot takes. They're cold takes.
1: Well what do you want to talk about first?
0: Well let's go let's go over the list of things that have happened. <laughs>
1: first, let's if you've been under a curling rock for the last two weeks, what would someone have missed?
0: okay so i actually i just thought of two more (laughs) so So just um, just give us the list all right so what we have
1: and then we'll take them on one at a time
0: we have the olympic qualifying event Mm -hmm. so first mixed doubles now the Mm -hmm. men and women are playing so we're recording this Mm -hmm. on the saturday we had with that the sex toys scandal scandal um we had the team butcher breakup and the kind of social media fallout for that. We've had the mixed doubles world qualification event, which was set for four for Scotland, canceled. Um, you said something here about an outdoor game.
1: The Continental Cup was canceled as well.
0: Continental, yeah, Continental Cup was canceled. I think two. So in the middle of all this, I actually think the most sig- the two of the more significant things, kind of aren't getting much attention. So we can talk about them too. Briar and Scottie's back to 16 teams from last year's 18-team format. Mm-hmm. And then there is like this weird interview with Brad Gushu where he's thinking of maybe playing in the Briar, maybe not. And he kind of gave a hypothetical that I'm not sure is all that hypothetical. It was kind of very detailed that almost implied their team was was close to breaking up. We're kind of calling it time, I guess. Not f- for hostility reasons, just uh, it's kind of – yeah. So and that's actually you know that's one of the top teams of the last decade. So that's also in some ways uh, pretty significant. So which one do you want to go with first? Also, um,
1: also yeah, as you said, they I saw this this morning actually that there's going to be an outdoor skins game between Dunstone and Cooey in Regina, Saskatchewan in uh, in February, which is cool. It's something that we've been begging for for a while now and we're finally going to see it basically the curling equivalent of the, the winter classic. So looking forward to that, hopefully it's on TV and then hopefully it's on, um, on something that I can see here in the States. Cause we've been, we've been begging to see an outdoor game like that. So it'll be fun. Yeah. So first let's start with the Olympic qualifier and I'll tell you what, first let's talk about on ice. Okay. <laughs> well, not in ice, but on ice <laughs> going right. on. Um, so your two qualifiers in mixed doubles, the United States, who went undefeated in their pool and then won their qualification final. They are in the Olympics, which means the U.S. will have representatives in all three disciplines at the Olympics, which is good for growing the game here in the States. And then the other qualifier is Australia, Talia yeah. Hill and Dean Hewitt. The pair from Australia went undefeated in their in their pool, and then won their qualification game against Korea in kind of a kind of a wild game. Big comeback by Australia, including a a very important double by Tolly Gill that uh, missed the shot that was called and made the double anyway. Yeah, kind of a key shot. Uh, that, that helped Australia win. And first time for Australia being in the Olympics, that means we will have two first-time representatives uh, right now, both in mixed doubles, which is the Czech Republic and Australia. And the, the big thing about that, there's currently no dedicated ice facilities in Australia. We talked about that at length with Tali's mom, Lynn Gill, back in July. Uh, she talked a lot about what getting to the Olympics would mean for curling there, uh, in terms of possibly uh this leading to getting a dedicated curling facility built in Australia. And, you know, growing up, raising three daughters, including Tali, and getting native Australians into curling and seeing them grow at the international level and improve and and get to this level so really just amazing to see and I'm, I'm really excited for our friends in australia uh that they will they will get to see their team in beijing hopefully
0: yeah and so they i mean i was just going off social media but it looks like they basically camped out in calgary for most yep. of the, the run-up right i guess in the head john morris is their coach which yep. you know is you can think of worse people to have coach you so uh yeah that was a good run good to see a yeah, good do- story yeah, we talked about
1: that going in, that they had been doing well on tour, uh, mostly in Canada, and getting getting to face really good competition obviously paid off for them. Uh, going undefeated at the OQE, uh, congratulations as well to Vicky Persinger and Chris Plies, who will be representing the U.S. in Beijing, uh, hopefully.
0: <laughs> oh, you're, you're still worried.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anything could happen, man. They could boycott it. It could be canceled due to uh, due to virus-related reasons. Um, I'm going to continue to say, hopefully, until until people until
0: the games actually start. <laughs> it's a good attitude to have. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the other OQE stuff's going on right now, so there's not much to report, and I can't even. It's still loading data when I went to the website, so I can't even get the results.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the men's and women's have started. Um, they played their first games this morning. Three teams, not two, will qualify uh, for the men and the women in the way that you can qualify is its nine teams. They play a round robin. The winner of the round robin will qualify for the Olympics. And then two versus three will play. The winner of that gets the second spot in Beijing. And then the loser of that game will play the team that finished fourth in the round robin for the final spot. So really interesting especially on the women's side where you have three olympic medalists in in the olympic qualification event on the on the women's side in uh scotland led by eve muirhead trying to qualify great britain into the women's event uh japan which includes the team formerly skipped by uh fujisawa now fujisawa continuing to throw Fourth rocks, but now they have listed as the skip um, Yoshida Shinami, who's the the third in that team, longtime third on that team. They now have her listed as the skip. I did not get to see the game this morning to you know double check to make sure that she's actually calling shots in the house, but that's what that's what's listed. But same lineup with a different skip, and then Fujisawa as the vice, and then of course. The silver medalist from Pyeongchang, Kim Eun-jung, is representing Korea. Uh, so those are probably the three favorites. And then you have Daniela Yinch is probably the te- the other team that I think could potentially... Uh, qualify on the women's side for Germany. So be interesting to watch that. It's going to be fun uh, in the U S that's available on recast. App. Uh, we've talked about that extensively uh, in the last couple episodes about streaming via that website.
0: Yeah. Which I am going off of very rapidly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Um, I, so I've kind of grabbed cre- credits a couple times and I actually paid in once. And then I, I gave like,
1: you, I gave you the login for the podcast. That yeah. Has, so I'm problem fine. one like, Brian, is Why? that
0: if you, if it, if, because I logged in through my phone, it doesn't let me mm-hmm. reset to yours. It's always defaulting to mine. Log out. Yes. Anyway, that's problem one. Problem two the problem is, is.
1: The problem is. Okay, right, right. A, problem, the problem is you're a
0: neophyte. I'm <laughs> not a neophyte. I'm just saying. I can figure these things out. I have logged out of web applications before, right, Mickey? Uh, it's, not, it's just that it's a pain in the ass. Um, okay, the other thing that's annoying is if you. So if I stream through on social media and they're like, oh, look at this shot for a game going on right now, and I click on that, <laughs> then. It takes the 50 credits from that click through because I just clicked through to the game and now I have bought that game and maybe all I want to do is just look at that highlight. I don't want to spend 50 cents on that. Anyway, those are my gripes. I think it's not popular, Ryan, I will say.
1: I think you're the reason that I get 20 phone calls a day trying to get me to buy an additional warranty for my car.
0: I never bought an additional warranty for the car. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think it's all right as an app. I think its user interface uh, is not the best. I'll just leave it at that. On the min side... (laughs) And the third problem is it's actually tricky to get it to cast from my phone to my roku really I've yeah. had no problems I don't know why it's got some weird thing about that anyway carrying on that's it that sounds that sounds like a you problem all right <laughs> anyway
1: um on the men's side, uh, our friends from Denmark are there. Uh, Germany is there. Italy, probably one of the favorites. Joel Retorna has just won bronze at the Euros. And then, of course, Japan and Korea there as well. Uh, Korea... It, uh, I think that they're one of the better teams here. Uh, Kim Chang Min has teamed up with Kim Soo Hayek for the last few years. They've been the top two teams in Korea. They've now joined forces. So I think that makes them a very strong team. Um, Norway's probably your dark horse there.
0: Are they a dark horse? Yeah. I I
1: think so. I think they're the team at last year's
0: Worlds, right? Or playoff bubble team.
1: I think they're the fourth or fifth best team there.
0: I'd probably go Italy, then Norway. Really? Over yeah. Japan and Korea, huh? All right, well, well Yuta's up. like hot and cold. Korea is not,
1: uh, Korea's not as strong as strong. I think they're one of the better teams there.
0: All right. Well, we should have done a bad beer bet. We should have, uh, speaking
1: of, speaking of which, um, (laughs) if, if you're listening to this before the afternoon of Monday, December 13th on Monday, December 13th, we will be cashing in the bad beer bet with the guys from game of stones on their Facebook page for, so check for that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I get this edited tonight and available before then, but we'll see. Um, all right. You want to get to (laughs) the other main event
0: (laughs) from the OQE? I mean, yeah. I guess, okay. So I guess I guess the advantage of us being so late to get a podcast out is we have news. We have breaking news yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, the live
1: the live broadcast for the OQE are back. Live broadcasts yes. did not happen in the United States or Japan during the mixed doubles event because of a, what was deemed a sponsorship issue. And the sponsorship issue was a website that sells sex toys called EasyToys.com was one of the primary sponsors of the Olympic qualification event being held in the Netherlands and NBC in the United States and NHK in Japan, both balked at airing, uh, the Olympic qualifier, as long as that sponsor was there, and they they were probably the primary sponsor of the event. If we're being honest here, their their logo was both was in ice; it was on the hog lines. Which, by the way, the hog lines are are pink, uh, which is the color of the Easy Toys logo, and then uh, extensive logos on the end boards, uh, and on the video boards on the side. Um, during the off day of the Olympic qualifier, which was, uh, yesterday, Friday, the 10th, they replaced those logos with just a, a hashtag that says equality for all, which I, okay. That that's great and all, but I'm, I, I kind of question, I don't, I don't know. I have questions about that that really it just in the words of the character from Futurama that just raises more questions. Um <laughs> but anyway because are you against toys, equality quality
0: for everyone Ryan um
1: I'm 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 all for equality for all. I'm not for platitudes and <laughs> I I'm wondering I, I don't know. I have I have questions. Anyway um Thank you to Easy Toys for agreeing to have those logos replaced so that uh, the games can be aired. Although NBC in the US isn't airing any of the men's or women's games, and I'm going to have to watch it on recast anyway. So I've got uh, different questions. (laughs) Most importantly, most importantly for world curling is NHK is going to be airing games again. Uh, And that's probably the most important thing here because they I would say that they are probably the number two broadcast partner for the WCF behind TSN. So the fact that games weren't being aired on NHK probably meant the loss of a lot of money for WCF.
0: Yeah, all right, so my my question, all right, here's where I can offer <laughs> a different angle because I've spent got okay, I have spent many emails over the last month sorting out cresting. So for the team I coach, we've managed to get a couple of sponsors to help underwrite our costs. Anytime you want any, you you have to get WCF approval for any crest that you put on your uniform. Mm-hmm. You have to actually mail it in, mail in the patch. There's all these regulations. And if you don't do it, the penalty is they slap tape on you. So I'm sure you've seen many times at World oh, yeah. Championships, someone will have yep. tape slapped on you. And they one of the things they're really strict on is sponsorship conflicts. Yes. And so they're spending a lot of time looking at who is sponsoring? What, where, when, why, and how? So, I remember this happened to
1: Korea at Worlds. They had uh, there's an investment bank in Korea that I believe is one of the primary sponsors for the Korean uh, Curling Federation. And then I think after Korea ordered their uniforms, the WCF signed on LGT as as a primary sponsor for Worlds, and that created a conflict. And that's why you saw tape over a sponsor for Korea at yeah. last year's
0: Worlds. Exactly. So I don't understand how... Well, they how knew. Come, they, they, how they, come I have sp- to go through a very rigorous process to get the Flower Bowl and um, Queen's Ice Rink? So those are our two sponsors. Um, and it takes about a week <laughs> for me to hear back from the WCF, and it's all kinds of questions about the color, the size, what the company does, Right. Bunch of it's not it's not super onerous, but it's like they're being very thorough there. And then the same organization is not, you know, is not paying any attention to what they're sticking in the ice.
1: I mean, there's no way the WCF didn't know that that this was the case. In fact, um, a spokesman from I think the third party that was hired by the local organizing committee um, I saw quotes from. Uh, a gentleman who works for a company in the Netherlands that I believe was hired to help market the event and probably sell sponsorships said that they had cooperation with WCF about, uh, about this sponsorship. My, I mean, I mean, my only guess is no one bothered to clear it with the broadcast partners and just assumed that everything would be okay. That's the only thing that Mm. I can think of. Um, but there's no way that the wc i I'd, I'd, I'd like to i like to think that there was no way the wcf didn't know that this had been sold because i mean what what are they doing you know 3 days before the event when you've got wcf ice makers sticking the easy toys logo in the ice i mean they had to have known they knew there's no yeah. way they didn't yeah absolutely so and then i guess just no one thought that this would be an issue even though you have um, one, a country in the United States that is still fighting the fact that one of our first uh, settlers was the Puritans, and we're still having to fight a lot of the Puritanical things that they baked into uh, this country when they helped uh, when they helped bring settlers to it. Uh, and then you have Japan, where NHK, it's a little different there, NHK um, in Maroon Azalea on Twitter helped explain this to me nhk is basically japan's pbs so it's a public broadcasting company um and i I imagine that it would be a lot different if it was say a japanese cable company airing the oqe but the fact that it's the japanese version of pbs airing this means that this is it's going to be more of an issue on what (laughs) what logos are presented uh (laughs) very publicly on their on their
0: airwaves yeah yeah. I mean, anyway, it was, it was a story. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I a equality for all. I mean, I wasn't offended by it. It just kind no. of struck me as like an empty slogan. Like it wasn't right exactly. It, it was like equality for everyone is. It's wow. Well, you know, we don't want to get too too into like rehashing Black Lives Matter, but. You know, there's there's reasons why saying all lives matter doesn't really get to the heart of the issue when people, as opposed to when people say Black Lives Matter, and there's a bit of that going on here. Like everyone's equal, maybe in some ways, kind of is not speaking up for any specific group that has a grievance about not being treated equally.
1: Yeah, uh, but hey, they. They were, anyway. they were they were able to get the games back on NHK, so I'm I'm happy for everyone involved.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, change, maybe there's there's, there's
1: there's your there's your hashtag for the ice. I'm happy for everyone. I happy just hope I hope both teams have fun. All right. <laughs> Where do I go next? gate. Now let's go with the event cancellations. Botchergate's been cu- been covered so much. We'll save that for the end so that if, right. uh, if people are bored by it, they can just skip it. But we did have um, a couple of event cancellations here recently. One, the World Qualification Event for Mixed Doubles, which was scheduled to get underway January 4th in Forfur, Scotland, as well as the Continental Cup, which was scheduled to be held in Fredericton, New Brunswick, uh, starting January 20th. So the reason that was canceled was the quarantine requirements for the teams that were going to be he- uh, heading to the Olympics, which was going to be, you know, two weeks from then. Um, so that that was the main issue regarding that. Um, for the world qualification event, I believe it's because of local health ordinances that have been enacted there in Scotland. Is that right, Jonathan?
0: I don't. I'm so confused now. That was <laughs> that was the know. quote
1: I saw. That was the quote that I saw from our friend uh, Mike Ferguson, who was was quoted for that story, because obviously uh, he owns he owns the Forfer Rink and has been a guest on this show before.
0: Yeah, I don't. It's so I I, I don't know. So we we lost just to like bring you back to the to our household drama today. Uh, so my wife was at our Christmas party last night. <laughs> And she got pinged. So everyone here has this app run by the National Health Service on their phone. And through your Bluetooth, it tracks if you've been exposed to somebody who's got a test case. So she got pinged. And it's like you have to do a test, but you can't do a home test. You've got to go to this testing center. You have to do it in the next 24 hours or else. And and we, we basically lost the afternoon trying to figure out how to do it. Anyway, my point is that things here are very confusing. I'm not sure. It's probably the same everywhere. And so I don't think anyone knows. I have no idea what the rules are, right? <laughs> anymore. Do you? Do you know what the rules are in Virginia?
1: Yeah, we we <laughs> masks are suggested indoors.
0: Yeah. So, but here it's like they keep changing the regular. I think everyone's just confused. So I don't know what the entry requirements to the UK are anymore. When I flew back in a few weeks ago, It was pretty lax. You just filled out a form, said you were double vaxxed, and then you had to test on your second day to get released. So, negative test on your second day, then you can leave quarantine if you're double vaxxed. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've gone to what they call Plan B, which. Freaked all my students out, but effectively, so I have this big news conference that we're going to increase restrictions. Then all my students email me, does that mean class is canceled? And then I got an email from the university saying, no, just carry on about your business. Long story short, nobody knows what's going on. So, anyway. Have you heard anything about the World Junior Bees in Finland? I have not. And I was, when when both those stories broke, I was like, there's no way the bees are running. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I have since had a few more like requests for info from the WCF. So it, it would be weird for them to kind of keep doing paperwork if they were about to pull the trigger on it. Um, my, my little bit of read is bec- Finland's rules are if you're double vaccinated, you can enter. There's no testing requirement there. And they're also, they're basically running this like a bubble. So um, they've moved the food venue to a separate location and your guidance is going to be, you're supposed to stay in your room and stay away from the other teams. Uh, I don't think it would be as strict as the Calgary bubble, but it's basically regular testing um, and everyone leaves after and there's no big social events. So it's, uh, you know, and it must be go back. I think unless we go back in a full lockdown or there's kind of stricter border controls, my hunch is the the bees will probably go given that. So, but I don't know. I could, I could we could finish recording and it could be canceled, right? So, <laughs> for your sake, I hope not. I I mean, for my for my sake, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I would feel terrible for the boys because that's like they were just yep. lost like three full years. Of, they would have lost their last three years of juniors, which is like your most important three years of juniors. And it would really suck to just, to not, you know, and it's not just them. I think it's, you know, everyone in that generation. You know, I I think
1: your team, I think is is representative of the way a lot of teams are probably feeling is, you know, they've, they've played together for a long time. They keep kind of knocking on the door of getting to the A's. They've got, what, you have two players that are aging out this year. So Felix and Archer age out the the third and the second. Yeah. So you've got two players that are aging out this year. This is probably, they feel like, I mean, they probably feel pretty confident going in this event that they've got a good shot to break through in their last go round together and get to the A's, which I mean, if they've been playing together as long as they, I mean, they've been playing together as long as you and I have been recording this show together and going to the B's to have it canceled last year and potentially looking at not being able to go again for their last go round. I mean, that would just be heartbreaking for them. And I'm sure that their story is echoed around the world by teams that are getting to go to Loya here in here in a couple of weeks to, to participate and have a chance to make, make world juniors. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's just, that's what I feel. That's what I feel bad about, which I'm completely powerless. Uh, and in the grand scheme of things, like I personally have had a pretty easy pandemic, mm-hmm. Um but you know, I think there's a lot. I mean, a lot of us have lost a lot of things. This, you know, canceled. Not even like obviously, people have lost loved ones, which is like the worst that can happen. But a lot of these other things that are meaningful in our lives just being canceled continuously for two years is is tough. From weddings to not being able to go to funerals to not being able to go to your graduation to like all these kinds of things that are important in life a a lot a lot of that's missing and it's it's it gets tough after a while right yeah and i know i'd be gutted for them because i've i mean i've gotten
1: to know felix through talking to him both on this show and on social media and you know i root for those kids not just because you're their coach but because they're really cool to talk to and i imagine there are dozens of juniors that have dreams that might get dashed for a a second straight year. And then the question is like, does that make them give up on curling? Do we lose, do we lose, does the sport lose a generation of kids because they weren't able to have the opportunity even to fulfill their dreams for two straight years. And it's, it's one of the really crummy things about this whole thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, yeah, I don't,
1: same with the the doubles world qualifier getting canceled is there were a lot of a lot of people who were looking forward to potentially you know representing their country for the first time i know that the series of cancellations has kept some of the people that we talked to on Twitter a lot from Portugal, from being able to represent their country at the mixed and at the doubles last year. And I know Portugal was looking forward to sending a team to the world qualifier in Forfur. Uh, and again, I bet that that story is replicated literally around the world for, for teams that wanted the opportunity to represent their country on an international level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, and we'll see. I, I I, mean, I think I think the Olympics, the IOC is going to do everything in its power to make sure that goes off. And the fact yep. the Summer Olympics went off in a bubble, I'm sure, it gives me a fair bit of confidence. Plus, there are advantages in a pandemic to, to hosting an authoritarian country. So, you know, right? It's like, <laughs> um, yeah, China's I mean, going to make sure that the COVID restrictions are very tight there, right? There's no... Uh, yeah, I'm, l- I'm, I'm. less concerned about the the
1: the Winter Games being canceled slash postponed than I am about about boycotts happening. That's there seems to be a little bit more of a groundswell lately for that, so I'm I'm very interested to watch that for the next few weeks.
0: My suspicion is that they're going to end up with these diplomatic boycotts and mm-hmm. and kind of. Uh, symbolic ways to protest it, as opposed to a full-on pull the athletes out kind of boycott. And I, I, part of it's just this is not 1980 anymore. Back then, the Olympics were not a major revenue stream for mm-hmm. for TV, and now they're probably for conventional TV. This is like their one, one or two, one of the one of one of the handful of events in the year that can make money off of. So I, I'd be stunned if. Uh, the rights holders allowed a boycott to go off. All right. You want to get to team botcher? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, so,
1: so, so the reason, I mean, the reason this is a big deal, there's a couple reasons. One is they are the defending Briar champs. They're going to be, they're the only team right now that is qualified for uh, the 2022 Briar, because they're going to be team Canada. So that's, that's one of the reasons that it is a news story the other reason that it's a news story is the human element which is you have one the the player that was let go by team botcher darren molding um felt hard done by not necessarily because he was let go but because of the statement that was released um, that was announcing their parting of ways which said that he was taking a step back for personal reasons um which he contradicted and said that, you know, he had every intention of continuing to play. And he had a good point because as he said, you know, this had the potential to um, keep him from find, finding another team and keep him from being able to, to make money while curling if everyone thought that he was taking a break from the game, right? That's kind of the, that's the main reason that he spoke up about it, Right.
0: I, I think hard for him to get another team, but I think also, I mean, there was like the, the, the other, we don't, we still don't know what happened with Brendan Muscoey, right? But there, it was like a personal reasons that he wasn't at the the trials and you assume something very serious happened there, right? So I think when you see personal reasons used with, with uh, Darren, Darren Moulding, then people probably thought the same. And he actually mm-hmm. said that one of the things he said in one of the interviews was he actually got a lot of people reaching out to him thinking that something was wrong with him, like an injury, yeah. family problem, something, right? So that, yeah, I mean, so I think that part's been like tossed over. I Basically, Brendan admitted that he probably, he wrote himself and didn't phrase it properly. I suspect he thought by phrasing it that way, it was being diplomatic, but he didn't kind of really think through what the, what the phrase personal reasons means. And it's, it's a bit
1: of a heel turn for Brendan Botcher, isn't it? It's a bit of, it's a bit of, uh, of Hulk Hogan joining in W.O.
0: I it's okay. I will say, and I, I think a couple, I think the girls pointed this out too. So Brendan's basically played with Carrick and Brad since universities, right? So they got they got together. I don't mean, know sure if he's played with Brad since juniors, but at least since like being like the national university team in Canada, right? And prior to Darren, they had a really high churn rate at third. Like they basically every year a different third, and they had Pat Simmons who basically lasted half a season. Now I don't know, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like whatever, I, I, we don't know. You know, this is one of these things where we can always speculate from the outside and, you know, a little bit's come out from both Brendan and Darren in this. So you can kind of go listen to their interviews and hear hear their sides do it. But I don't know. That kind of raises a, a couple of questions. I think, you know, my read is Brendan's very meticulous. That's kind of clear in terms of how he plays the game on the ice and kind of how he conducts himself. And if, if perhaps I wouldn't control freak might be a bit strong, but he's probably very precise in how he likes things. And Darren Moulding not that way at all, but I think actually he was good for the team in the sense that that probably let them lighten up a little bit and play their best. Whereas if you're, if you're always super precise and super analytical, when you get to the high pressure moments, the stress and the adrenaline can kind of knock you off a bit. Right. And then, you know, and that, but it also that kind of fire and ice thing can also kind of blow up, right? So that's always like a classic sports personality thing, right? Like the, yeah. the OKC Thunder were a good team for years because basically Russ and Kevin Durant were <laughs> total opposites. <the> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, probably like to murder each other half the time, but actually went pretty far with it, right?
1: Yeah, Darren's a hard-on-his-sleeve guy. And yeah. I, I think every team needs a heart on their sleeve guy to especially when you have three who are def three others who are definitely not.
0: Yeah. And I okay, so A, I think my, okay, my first big thought is people are like, is this a, the biggest breakup since whenever? And I'm like, no. No. I started thinking of it and it's like I, I mean home in with Lisa Weagle. I think that was handled well. So maybe there's some tips there on how to do it in the future. <laughs> um but like there's a whole bunch of others. Like there's Kevin Martin sacking Randy Furby and like Randy Furby basically ranting to the press for years what? years about it. And then Brad Gushu, the, the weirdest team that Gushu ever played with was that Ryan Fry. Oh my god. Randy yeah. Furby team that basically lasted exactly as long as you would think it would last. But again, same thing. Randy Furby and Randy Furby went to the press and then Ryan Fry at least a statement, the sport had changed (laughs) and Andy Furby was a relic of the past. (laughs) So that was, uh, to my mind, there's been like a lot of ugly, the Jen Jones one people talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as there have been curling teams, there have been bad breakups. (laughs) So So, so the most
1: interesting thing to me, and it's been, I, I haven't seen it talked about as much, was you had Darren basically saying, you know, Brendan is very cold and calculated and doesn't ca- doesn't really care about people's feelings and said yeah he's not surprised that um, Brendan chose now to do it because he knew that it would inflict like maximum hurt on Darren is basically I'm paraphrasing but that's basically what Darren yeah. said yeah. and I haven't really seen people jumping to Brendan's defense. <laughs> <laughs> no which i mean like when you watch brendan botcher playing on the ice you kind of don't really get like that vibe from him watching him on the ice and then seeing him uh interact with the the press but you know is this a side of of brendan botcher that maybe has been an open secret that maybe the public hasn't seen because yeah i haven't seen anyone like standing up and saying, no, Brendan's a great guy. He would never do this just to, just to hurt, just to inflict maximum hurt on someone.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. him. Here's the thing you, you don't know. Like a bunch of stuff kind of slipped out in those interviews. I think if you go to the, like, if you went to the, the one I watched, was the Devin Hero. uh yeah, that's line. One I watched. Yeah. Uh, and so it was good. It was, you got both sides, you got both perspectives Although I so saw there was an interview on the girls that he gave last much. Sure, did you hear that one that he gave from the bubble? Oh no, I don't think I did. So I, I would go back and listen to that. Because that, it was just interesting. It was him also being very raw and honest. And so the way he, I'm going off memory.
1: I think that's every Darren Moulding interview.
0: Yeah. Which is why why everyone loves him. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm recalling correctly, what he said is something like he, during lockdown, he'd been doing a lot of deadlifting on his own. And he he just got really aggressive Mm. and pulled his back muscles and then aggravated it, but thought he could play the briar. He did that. But then the Breyer stacked on the mixed doubles what aggravated it further. And then Mark Kennedy was brought in as the yeah. fifth. I remember and
1: that part of... I remember an interview about that, about that why he was not pleased with that.
0: And and he was kind of worried that Mark Kennedy is being brought in as the fifth to replace him. So I, and I don't know, maybe, you know... Let's put it this way. I would not be stunned if Mark Kennedy was the fifth... was the th- playing third as Bricks for Brendan Botcher next year. It's a, certainly a logical combination. No, I don't know anything. It's just like, that makes sense. But it kind of seemed like that oddly winning (laughs) for them, for whatever reason. You know how people say winning fixes all problems? Sometimes, actually, it's like, we got what we wanted. (laughs) We don't have to be effing friends anymore, (laughs) So, like, I think that kind of happened in this case, where there'd been stuff on the team they'd been building for years, and the fact they'd uh, achieved their big goal, and then when they got to the trials, didn't perform, that was probably the breaking point, right? Yep. Um, maybe they, you know, I mean, well, I'm not a high level curler, but I'd be like, it kind of would make sense just to play the season out and then see who's available in the free agency period, right? But it seems like an odd thing to to cut now. Um, but I mean, everything everything revolves
1: around the Olympics. So once the once the trials are over, I mean, it's clear that the Briar does not matter nearly as much as the trials to these guys.
0: Yeah, that's true, but I mean, probably. Well, we'll get to we'll get to Gucci in a second, but probably more than half. I bet you seventy five percent of the trials teams in both genders are already making plans for the next cycle. Right, both as a team, huh? I bet they were making plans before the trials. Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, that's, that's, I, I don't doubt that maybe they are, but you probably shouldn't be if you want to be playing all that well, right? If you got one foot out the door, how well are you going to be playing as a teammate?
1: <laughs> uh, well,
0: apparently, I mean,
1: it wouldn't surprise me that that's why Team Botcher played so poorly.
0: Yeah, I think that probably that's, they just blown up, but you know, maybe just let the, let the season play out would be the my advice and just be, you could even run really, uh, the team McEwen did this last time they had a very big dust up they were public about it and they said look we've kind of agreed that after this this cycle we're gonna break up and go our separate ways but we're going to play out the rest of the season through the Briar and the players championship right and they were just that's that's a different way of doing it
1: Well, it's the same way with when uh, Kevin Cooey won the briar with Pat Simmons, uh, Nolan Teeson, and um, Carter Rycroft was they went in knowing that they were going their separate ways after that briar, and then they won it. And then the next year, they were going to have to come back as Team Canada. So Simmons and Teeson and Rycroft brought in John Morris to replace Kevin Cooey because Cooey was going off to form his own team.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I mean, th- th- there's two there's two questions that I think this raises that, that I've been thinking about. So, it, basically, the scale of money in Canada, at least for curling teams, is getting up there. That it's it's not like if if you and I break up, <laughs> like nobody gives a crap, or if my men's team breaks up because there's no money at stake apart from clearing off who owes what to whom or or splitting the the, the little bit we've won. It's not that hard, right? But I don't think it's happened this time, but I guarantee you the day is coming when some team has a messy breakup and one of the players cut, asks the question, hang on a second there. You're getting the sponsorship money because this team with me on it won the events that got you the sponsorship money. You're getting the invites to these events, and I was a member of that team what do I get on the way out the door? Do I get a payout? Do I get, you know, I, I, I kind of think at one of these days that it's going to end not with like nasty tweets, but actually, you know, and lawyer's letters and a lawsuit, right? Because it's actually like, d- Darren feels upset because he's like, I won the right to play as Team Canada at the buyer. And then Darren, sorry, Brendan discussed the arbitrarily cut me. That's, there's a bit of a, why does he get to be the one who decides that, right?
1: I mean that will be that will mean that that curling is officially a professional sport if the lawyers get involved.
0: Well, I mean I think it's it pushes for why you almost need a professional sport, right? If you have somebody else who's managing the team finances and handling all that and then if there is a contract in place, there's probably a payout if you're cut or maybe there isn't, but it's kind of clear what happens whereas here it sounds like it wasn't all that clear. No.
1: Um No and not, not much has been cleared up since. So no. interesting to see who that team, who winds up playing third for that team at the Briar. Uh, so what did you hear? What I, I did see where Brad Gushu said that they were planning to play in play downs. Uh, and you said it's because he basically intimated that this is probably their last chance to play in a Briar together.
0: Yeah. And I, I wish I'd kind of found the story, but basically he was being asked, why would you enter the Briar playdowns um Because you have the Olympics, that's way more important. And what he said is, well, he said theoretically, <laughs> so, but the theoretical example he said is, let's say Jeff Walker wants to take a year off to be with, be back in Edmonton and be with his wife and kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say, Brent Gallant wants to go off and either form his own team or has an pop- a opportunity to go play third, perhaps on, <laughs> perhaps on <laughs> Team Bodger, right? So, didn't say on perhaps on Team Bodger, but go off and play third or back end, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's say Mark and I think that we've done a lot and maybe it's time to start winding things down. Then we'd want to go play in the Briar as one last hurrah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, so he didn't really, it was one of those things where it's like, he didn't really announce that they were breaking up and he didn't really announce that he was stepping back or slowing down but he kind of threw it out there as a possibility. Yep. Yeah.
1: And that's interesting the because the 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 playdowns are coming up in January and it's actually really what it would end like a couple days be, before the Olympics start but that's the mixed doubles competition the four team the the four person team competition at the olympics i believe does not start actually until the 9th of february so there would be there would be a hustle to get to beijing in order to be in whatever the opening ceremonies are going to look like but he would still have time before the team competition started
0: yeah and it's not under the under the lockdown rules it's not even clear if they're going to let all the athletes go in uh, you know, for Summer Olympics, a lot of it was in and out for your event, right? And mm-hmm. basically, as soon as your event's done, you're back on a plane home, right? So, I don't know what they're going to do there. But, it's, so it's possible timeline-wise. I just thought that was interesting. And that's, yeah. I mean, g- maybe, you know, <laughs> the point of dropping the story on Friday night was to not make it a big story. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> Maybe, what maybe Brad Bruce just taking this into an interview and announcing the, the almost breakup of his team is... Was perhaps a better media strategy, right?
1: Yeah, well, and they they were one of the teams that you kind of thought maybe not break up, but have a couple players decide that that they they've curled enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I'll, I'm genuinely going to be curious. I think there's a cohort of people in their 40s. To, to my mind, Gushu could go two more quads, no problem, right? But definitely, definitely for Cooey and for Jen Jones, it's they're like, they're the North side of 45 with me. So at that point, I think reasonable to start asking serious questions of how long they want to do it. Right. That, you know, maybe, maybe they want to go the Glenn Howard route, but the, the Glenn Howard route's also like he's there, but he's not quite there anymore. Right. He's kind of, he's not a threat at the trials. He's maybe punched the ticket to the briar. Occasionally, Um, and, you know, some people are fine with that, you know, remember Megan, Megan and our kind of Colin thing was saying, actually, she thought Cooey was the kind of guy who would just keep playing forever because he has having fun doing it, you know, but probably if you're being honest, when you're North of 45, your, your chances of dominating the sport are are starting to fade away pretty quickly. Maybe he'll be the, uh, the
1: parachute player for team Northwest territories and play with Jamie. Yeah, he's
0: got, uh, he's got birthright, right? That's so. right.
1: well, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't even have to be the out of province <laughs> player. He's got birthright. I awesome. mean, yeah,
0: I'm just curious, right? And the yeah. flip side is the the young up and comers are probably, you know, if I was a twenty something top tier front end player, probably Dunstone and Boshers who I'd want to attach myself to over the next quad, not not a Kui or, a, well, maybe a Guishu, but you know.
1: I'm sure we'll have a lot more uh, team news as uh, as playdowns wrap up on both the men's and women's side there in Canada. But anything else that you want to touch on before we get out of here?
0: I think that's pretty much it. You're not cutting me, are you? From the podcast? <laughs> Am I going to wake up and get a tweet saying, for personal reasons, Jonathan's gone from the podcast? Maybe. <laughs> I
1: would have, see who would and then I would have I would have Mark No call you to let you know you'd been cut <laughs>
0: I'd be all right with that. <laughs> I'd go on the girls and rant about you, oh man that'd
1: be <laughs> hey, every bad story you have about me, you were there too, so you can't really. <laughs> You can't really divulge those things without <laughs> implicating yourself. <laughs> all right, uh, this was a blast. I'm glad we finally got to talk about curling again, and uh, we, we'll have a lot more. We also a um, little bit of a little bit of a sneak peek. We've we've got some stuff we're working on for the Olympics that that hopefully hopefully will pan out. Um, I've got a lot of work to do, but uh, hopefully it all pans out, right? It'll pan out. It's, I'm I'm glad you're positive. <laughs>
0: you
1: Got to keep positive. All right, thanks everybody. Um... As we've, as we've said before, please uh, follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. If you don't already, uh, the best way that uh, you can help us out is by leaving a five-star review or by telling a friend about us if you enjoyed the podcast. If you did not enjoy the podcast, please tweet at Jonathan Havercroft. He is J underscore Havercroft on Twitter um otherwise you can get a hold of us at curling podcast on twitter and we're on facebook and instagram at rocks across the pond so thank you so much and we'll talk to you again real soon